Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. We have a better covenant upon better promises, and we have a better relationship with God. We were at such a desperate place that Andrew, it was like life. It was just life that was coming from the television. And every area in our life has been turned right side up. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Thursday's broadcast of The Gospel Truth. Today, I am nearing the end of a series that I've been doing for four weeks on a better way to pray. This is my book on this. I tell you, it's, this is a life changer. This is radically different than what most people think. And I promise you, this could just revolutionize not only your ability to pray and receive and, and see miracles happen, but it could just change your entire relationship with the Lord. This is really good. I have it in Spanish. I also have a study guide, and then we have CDs and DVDs. And tomorrow will be my last day to make this offer on television. So I encourage you to please go to the effort of requesting this. It's not about me moving product. I'm trying to get the word out and I know that ha even if you watch every single program, having it broken up in little 30-minute segments is not going to make the same impact on you as if you could sit down and read this all at one time or take a CD or DVD and sit and watch the entire thing. It's just the saturation effect. You know, it's the difference in taking a sponge and just dipping it in water real quickly and pulling it out. It may get wet around the fringes, but if you want that thing to be saturated, you got to put it in there and just hold it there for a while, and it takes a period of time. And likewise, with the Word of God, you have to take it and meditate on it and go back over it. This would really change your life. I believe that. And if you were to, you know, the Lord woke me up. I said this on, on my programs back in January, but on November the 4th, 2014, the Lord woke me up and said, the reason I have raised you up is to change people's opinion of me. That's the Lord speaking, to change our opinion of Him. And then as people's opinion of me changes what the Lord said, then their life would change and they would go out and change the world. And I really believe that that's what God's called me to do. And I'm just telling you that you, you need to let things permeate, saturate, we, we become a society that does everything in these little bite-sized pieces. We do tweets. We do these little one-phrase things, and we don't sit down and communicate with each other. And, um, and sad to say, with the Lord, we do everything in little devotions. We're going to take a little promise, and we're going to remind ourselves of this. And there may be benefit to that stuff, but I'm telling you that the real transformation takes when you just immerse yourself and you get totally saturated with the words. So anyway, tomorrow's my last day on that. Let me just once again go back to Daniel chapter 10. And if you've missed any of this, I haven't got time to go back and redo it. But I tell you, this is powerful. It shows that God answered Daniel's prayer immediately. But in one case, it took around three minutes for that answer to prayer to manifest. The next time, it took around three weeks. But God was the same in both cases. God didn't answer one prayer quickly and the other prayer in three weeks. He answered both instantly, but there were things that were variables and none of them were God. And in the 10th chapter of the book of Daniel, the variable was the fact that there was a demonic power that withstood 
the angel that was bringing God's supply to Daniel. And this is a brand new thought to a lot of people. A lot of people just think God, if God decides to do something, it's just boom, it's done. But there is a God of this world who hinders the things of God. We can hinder the things of God through our own unbelief. And then we just live in a fallen system. And many of the things we're believing for, like financial prosperity, it says in Luke 6, 38, that God is going to supply our needs through men, that men will give into our bosom. And so when other people are involved and they're all fallen people, corrupt people, that many times are influenced by Satan as much as they are influenced by God, well, then this is a recipe for delay and procrastination. It doesn't mean that God's will will not get done, but it means that there's some variables here and you've got to deal with these things. If the problem is inside of you, you got to examine your heart and make sure that there is no inroad of Satan into your life that is hindering you. Like for instance, you know, the scripture talks about unforgiveness and that if you don't forgive, then you're uh, going to be turned over to the tormentors and stuff like this. And I believe that unforgiveness is a direct inroad of Satan into your life. And so you could be praying for something and believing God for your healing or for your prosperity or whatever it is. And yet if you're harboring unforgiveness in your heart, Satan can use that as a way to hinder and delay the manifestation of what you're praying for. It doesn't mean that God didn't answer your prayer. It didn't mean that God didn't supply, but it means that Satan has a legal right because you are harboring unforgiveness directly contrary to what God told you to do. And that's just one example. There could be a thousand things like this. There's things that we do to hinder ourselves, but then sometimes, like in Daniel's case, Daniel was praying in faith and he was operating just perfectly, but there was a demonic power. And did you know in Daniel's situation, now this is important that you understand this because there is a difference between the Old Testament believers and the New Testament believers. In Daniel's case, Satan... The prince of Persia was the problem, and Daniel didn't have any options. If the Lord had shown Daniel prior to this answer, but if he had known what was going on behind the scenes, and if he had known that the prince of Persia was withstanding this godly messenger, and they were fighting, and then Michael had to come help him, that's what it says here in Daniel chapter 10. If Daniel had known that, he couldn't have done anything about it. Daniel didn't have authority over the devil. Again, this is a point that many people just miss. They don't understand that, man, Jesus has changed everything. We have all authority in heaven and earth was given unto Jesus. And then he says, now go ye therefore. And he transferred this supernatural authority and power to us. The New Testament believer has authority over the devil that an Old Testament believer didn't. And because of that, if Daniel had known what was going on in the spiritual realm and how these demons were hindering the manifestation of his answer to prayer, he couldn't have done anything about it. All Daniel could do was just continue to stand and keep his faith out there. And according to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, it says, God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that works in us. God is all powerful, but he has to flow through us. It is not us without him. It's not him without us. It's not automatic. It's a combination. We're joint heirs and God flows through us. If Daniel had given up and quit, even though this 
battle was raging in the heavenlies and it was just about to break through. If Daniel would have gotten out of faith, Je uh, James chapter 1 says, if you waver, you don't receive anything from the Lord. That would have stopped it right there. But Daniel didn't have authority to deal with this demonic thing. All he could do was just stand. And here's another truth about the devil that I don't think most people understand. And that is that Satan doesn't have a limitless bag of tricks. He doesn't have just, you know, a million ways to fight you and come against you. He's very limited. Matter of fact, over in 1 John chapter 2, it says, All that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of God, but it's of the world. And it summarized everything into three areas, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Jesus was tempted in three areas. He was asked to turn the stones into bread, to cast himself off of a temple, and to fall down and worship Satan. There was three areas. I believe that they correlate. Satan doesn't have just this limitless number of things. And after Satan tempted Jesus, you know, in uh, Matthew chapter 4 and Luke chapter 4, and after this temptation, it says when he had ended all of the temptation, that Satan left him for a season. And the terminology there shows that Satan just threw everything he had at Jesus. He threw his entire repertoire at Jesus, and Jesus withstood, and yet there was only three temptations. So my point is that Satan can't just fight you forever. He can only fight you. He has limited things that he can do, and it says that uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, that God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation make a way to escape that you might be able to bear it. In other words, there are limits on, you know, what Satan can do. I don't think he has limitless number of things to fight you with. And when it reaches a place that it's just totally unbearable, even if you were doing something wrong, if you had unforgiveness in your heart, if you had something that was hindering the thing of God, if you just stand, and having done all to stand, you stand, then eventually Satan has thrown everything he's got at you. You're still standing, and in a sense, you win by default. Satan can only go so far. He, uh, he can only fight you with so much. And once you reach your limit, and if you're still standing in faith against every odd, in a sense, you win by default. He just threw everything at you. You're still standing. You win. And I, in a sense, that's what Daniel did because he didn't have any option. He didn't have authority over the devil. I don't know how many of you have recognized this, but there's only 15 times in all of the Old Testament that Satan or the devil is referred to. And, th and 12 of those times are in the book of Job. And that was behind the scenes. Job didn't know about the devil and what was going on in the heavenlies, but the, it was in the narration of the book of Job. So if you look at the book of Job as one instance, and then outside of the book of Job, there's only three instances of Satan in all of the Old Testament, and two of those are the same instance where he tempted David to go number the people. And if you look at that, that was just one instance reported in two different places. So if you look at Job as one instance, this instance in, uh, where Satan tempted David to number uh, all of the children of Israel, then that means that there's really like only three separate times that Satan is mentioned in all of the Old Testament. And yet in the New Testament, 
you will hear Satan referred to, demons referred to three, four, five times in one chapter. There is a revelation of Satan and him being our enemy and him working behind the scenes in the spiritual realm. There's a revelation of that in the New Testament that just, I mean, is completely foreign to the Old Testament. Why is that? I believe that one of the simple reasons is because Old Testament saints didn't have authority over the devil. It wouldn't have done them any good to know that it was Satan who did this, that it was a demon that was doing this, because they couldn't cast demons out. They couldn't rebuke the devil. They didn't have authority over the devil. And so all they could do was just stand and believe God. And when it didn't look like things were working, if they just kept standing and kept standing, there was this battle going on in the heavenlies, in the spiritual realm. And if they kept standing, eventually they won by default. That's what Daniel did right here. But the New Testament believer is a brand new creature that never existed before. We now have authority, and there's many places. Over in Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, is where Jesus called His disciples together, and He gave them power and authority over all demons to cast them out, and over all sickness. And there's a number of places where the Lord uh, told us this same thing. And we have an authority that it is an authority that is equal to Jesus. Now, we aren't superseding Jesus. It's because of what Jesus did, but He made us joint heirs, and we now have His authority and power that's been given unto us. We have the name of Jesus given unto us, and we have, when we speak in the name of Jesus and put faith in the name of Jesus, it's exactly as if Jesus spoke to these demons. So I'm saying all of these things, and I could spend a lot more time verifying that, but we have authority over the devil that Old Testament saints didn't have. Therefore, if we are in a situation like Daniel, where we are operating in faith, and it's not something we're doing that's causing the delay, but if we are standing in faith and Satan is the one who is hindering our answers to prayer, we have authority that Daniel didn't have. We could pray, find out what the problem is. We could rebuke the devil and we could shorten the manifestation period of time in a way that Daniel couldn't. So did you know that there's many New Testament people that because they don't understand the things we're talking about, they don't know their spiritual authority, they in a sense are living like an Old Testament man. They're living like Daniel right here, and they just stand and believe God for something, and they just are holding on like a dog to a bone. They just have a death grip on this bone and the devil is throwing them, dragging them through the mud, hitting them against something, and they just will not let go of their faith. And if the devil, you know, does everything to them that he has to throw at them, and if they still are holding on to their faith, well, then they win by default. And you know what? There's no bad way to win. If you win by default, if you just, you know, are Satan beats you up and you have a hard time, but if you keep standing and you win, well, praise God. But I'm telling you that a New Testament believer has other options. And one of those options is to find out our authority. And if you know that it's the devil who is hindering and delaying your prayer, well, then you can bind the devil. You can rebuke him. You can deal with things. You know, I use this example already, and I'm just going to refer to it, but a man heard this teaching, found out 
that he had been asking God to sell his house for two years, and he finally realized God spoke to somebody two years before the very first day, and he realized it was just the devil. He didn't know exactly how the devil was hindering it, so he just got into prayer, intercession, praying in tongues, and the Lord spoke through him, through his faith, and dealt with that thing, and he was able to shorten this thing. It had been on the market for two years, and within two days, he had that house sold. Did you know I had another person that heard me teach on this exact same thing? And they had a house in Colorado Springs that, uh, it was an expensive house. I forget what it was now, but anyway, it was, it was a relatively expensive house. They had come down in price, I don't know, tens of thousands, you know, like a 10% or a 20% discount on the price of that house. They heard me teach on this. They put the price back up to the original price and then they started interceding and binding the devil and saying, in the name of Jesus, God has already spoken to someone and Satan, you let go of their finances. And they started praying and taking their authority. And in two days, they had their house sold for the original asking price, which was much more than they had discounted. And in two days, it was done. And it's, it's what we're talking about right here. I don't believe that you have to, as a New Testament believer, just let the devil drag things out and hold on and hold on. And if you just outlast the devil, then you win. We as New Testament believers have authority that Daniel didn't have, that Old Testament believers didn't have. And we can get in, if we believe that God has answered our prayer the very moment we pray, if we believe, according to Mark 11, 24, that we receive when we pray, and then we shall, future tense, have it, but we believe that God gave. God has already released the power. And if I truly believe that, then whatever is hindering my prayers all I've got to do is begin to receive wisdom from God, take my authority, speak to that thing, and I can get rid of this problem. And when we first moved into our office in Colorado Springs, it's a 110,000 square foot building, and there was only 10,000 square feet that was usable for office space. The rest of the building was all a warehouse where they did woodworking and built high-end cabinets and things like that. And it, it had to be totally gutted and we had to put plumbing and everything in it and then uh, finish it out. And it was going to take $3.2 million to finish out all of this construction for this building. And so I tried for nine months to get a construction loan. And the uh, finance person that we were dealing with, he told me, it's no problem. You're already approved. Next week, you'll have your money. And he told me next week, next week, next week for nine months. And after nine months, he says, you know, it's been so long now since we've had the approval. Let's just get a new approval or appraisal, excuse me, on this building and let's start the whole process over. And all I could see was another nine months of saying next week, next week. And I just finally said, this is unacceptable. We had our school located in a little tiny 14,600 square foot building and we were bursting at the seams. It was choking the school. We needed this facility to be finished. And so rather than go ahead and start the appraisal over, et cetera, I just said, no, something's wrong. And I said, I'm gonna figure this out. I'm gonna pray about it. And I spent the rest of that day praying. And uh, when I got home, I have a trail that I built and it's about an hour walk if I walk all the way round trip around this thing. 
And I started praying, and specifically, I prayed in tongues. The Bible says that when you pray in tongues, your spirit prays out, out of 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And so I said, I know that in my spirit, I have the mind of Christ. I know what the answer to this is. This is not God's will. I believe that God has given me a way to get this building refurbished, this $3.2 million. And I said, it's not God. So I said, I'm going to find out where the hindrance is. And I started praying in tongues. And then the Bible says, if you pray in tongues, pray also that you interpret 1 Corinthians 14, 13. So I started praying in tongues, believing I was praying the hidden wisdom of God. I was speaking the wisdom of God. And then I asked for wisdom and revelation about what the problem was. And I mean within two minutes, it couldn't have been over five minutes maximum, but just within a minute or two, God reminded me of a prophecy that was given to me that said about this building that I am not going to need to take out a loan because I have a bank. And I remember when that prophecy was given, I thought, I've got a bank? What bank do I have? And then it went on to say that your partners are your bank, and your partners are going to help you do this debt-free. And that had been like two years before this, and I, for whatever reason, just had forgotten it. I wasn't focused on it, and I, for nine months, had been pursuing a loan, a construction loan, to get this building finished. So anyway, this was a big decision. At the rate we had been saving money, I sat down and calculated if I was wrong and if this was just me and if it wasn't truly an interpretation and an understanding of what happened, that it would have taken me close to 100 years at the rate we had saved money to save this $3.2 million. And so it was a big deal. And if I committed and said I was not going to go in debt, well, then there was no turning back from it. I was either going to, it was going to be one of the best things I ever did or it could literally kill the ministry. So because it was so important, I got counsel on it. I prayed about it for a week or two, but I finally just decided that this is God. And I took my authority. I bound the devil. I said, in the name of Jesus, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it debt free. And I commanded the finances to come in. And in 14 months, we had $3.2 million extra come in. And this is after I had taken an expansion that cost me over half a million dollars a month on television. That's when I went on TBN and counting all of the expense of TBN and then our expense of hiring people and fulfilling the orders. And so it was the largest expansion we had ever had. And on top of that, I got an extra $3.2 million. We finished this building debt-free, and it was because of this principle. I knew that Satan was hindering me somehow, and in this case, it was because I wasn't following the direction that God had given me. When I got in line with God, and the Lord showed me this. I acted on it, and boom! I mean, the, the finances came through, and it's the same thing with every one of you. I can guarantee you, if you've prayed for something that's according to God's will, He answered your prayer, but either you need to readjust and align yourself and do something differently, or it's the devil, or it's people, or there's things and on our program tomorrow, I'll continue to talk about this. Remember that tomorrow is going to be my last day to offer this teaching on a better way to pray. So you need to respond today. Please get this. It'll make a difference in your life. Listen to our announcer, and he's going to give you information about this. We also have it in Spanish, and it would be a blessing. And then call or write today. We're excited to host the Kingdom Youth Conference here at the Sanctuary in Woodland Park, Colorado. Come and join Todd White, Joseph Z, Ryan Edberg, and Andrew Womack 
August 2nd through the 3rd for this power-packed youth conference. Andrew's teaching titled, A Better Way to Pray, is available in the Better Way to Pray package, which includes two books, A Better Way to Pray and The Believer's Authority, as well as your choice of either the CD albums or DVD albums from both teachings. This package has a catalog value of $105, but you can get it today for only $75. If you prefer, the Better Way to Pray resources are available individually as either a book, study guide, CD album, or DVD album made from our daily television broadcast. Each of these valuable resources is available for a gift of any amount. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get these products. The individual topic highlighted on today's broadcast is available as an audio CD for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give because there's a blessing in giving. But if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide today's teaching free of charge. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time at 719-635-1111. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. God has brought us here to change all of us. Every person here, this is one of the major things you're looking for is change in your life. Changing, growing, experiencing the supernatural testimonies of God within your life. Karis has made an enormous impact to me. It has opened up doors that I could have never have opened myself. All of those dreams and desires that you've had in your heart and you can learn how to step out of Karis Bible College and immediately begin your vision or your business or whatever it is you want to do. At this point, and it's only been two years, I can't imagine going through life without this anymore. The greatest thing you will ever do is renew your mind by the Word of God. You're going to get laser focused on your purpose and on your gifts and on your calling, and you're going to go out and change the world. Amen? You can determine your destiny. I'd like to give you a special invitation to come and taste what Karis Bible College is going to be like. We have Karis Day on July the 27th and any location that we have around the world, you can go to that local location and I'm going to be teaching. We also are going to have Mike and Carrie Pickett, the head of World Outreach and some other instructors there. We are going to be taking questions and answers and interacting with you and you will get a real taste of what Karis Bible College is all about. So check it out July the 27th at a location near you, our Karis Day Join us, you'll never be the same. Welcome to the AWM Minute, a small glimpse on how your partnership with Andrew Womack Ministries and Karis Bible College is making a difference around the world in places like Uganda, where a portion of your donations helps us share God's love through practical ways. 
like developing sustainable food systems such as aquaponics to teach to the Karamajong tribe. And the whole point about aquaponics is that on average, it only takes about five to 10% of the water that you would normally use. In addition to developing this program, we have also drilled 11 wells while raising disciples in over 170 churches. Of course, none of this would be possible without the support of our friends and partners. And you know, really at the end of the day, what I wanna say is a huge thank you because the truth of the matter is we could not do any of this without you. To see how you can get more involved, visit awmi.net slash demo today.